the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League, your number one source for all the league's top headlines. Here's your host, Justin Kinner. All right, everybody, welcome in Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. We are off and rolling a few weeks into conference play, and things are starting to heat up. When you start to look at how the standings are kind of unfolding a little bit, and again, a lot of basketball left to be played, so there's not a lot you could put into these. However, we are starting to get an idea uh, of who the contenders and pretenders are, and of course, teams can always get hot with still more than a month and a half of the season remaining. But how about Youngstown State, Milwaukee, Cleveland State, and Northern Kentucky all at the very top of the conference, tied for first with six and two conference records right now. Uh, obviously, some surprises up there. How about Cleveland State to Milwaukee? We've been highlighting the success of those two programs for weeks now, especially as conference play tipped off. You know, sometimes in the non-con, some records could be a little deceiving. Sometimes the top teams can have, uh, you know, records that kind of don't show off how good they are because they may have played a more competitive non-con. And then other times you have a really good record because you may not have had the best non-con uh, schedule but then all of a sudden when conference play starts matching the success that you had in November and December, then you start getting a good feel for who the teams are uh, that are at least playing their best basketball as we sit here in mid-January. Cleveland State, Milwaukee have been great stories. Northern Kentucky, 6-2. and two. They're about what we expected coming in. They're 11-8 and eight overall, but right there at the top of the conference. Purdue, Fort Wayne, 4-4 four and four in the Horizon League, 12-7 and seven overall, but they've kind of stubbed their toe in a few conference games that has, uh, you know, some people with wide eyes right now kind of trying to get a good feel for what the Mastodons are going to be for the remainder. Uh, on the opposite side, I've been talking about this. You know, we always talk about the surprise teams as far as the surprise start to the season as far as conference record goes at the top. But a team that really started out of the gate very slow was the Wright State Raiders. They've been able to kind of pick it up a little bit. They won the Milwaukee trip for the first time in years. That's all I've been covering this program for a while. That is one of the toughest stretches, uh, you know, for the Wright State Raiders going to Green Bay and going to Milwaukee. It doesn't happen often where they come back from that road trip with a pair of wins. But in a season that's been so up and down like this, somehow they got it done. Uh, Wright State four and four right there in the middle as well. They started out 0-2 in conference play. They sit four and four right now. And I thought now would be a good time to kind of get a feel for the Raiders. And right now, longtime voice of the Wright State Raiders, 25 plus years, Chris Collins, a good friend of mine. He joins us on this week's edition of Reach the Horizon. Chris, it has been a while, my friend. How are you, sir? I'm doing real well, Justin. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, Wright State coming off of a, a, a wonderful season last year, of course, a historic season for the program, getting back to the NCAA tournament, of course, the second time in Coach Nagy's tenure, and then obviously picking up their first uh, you know, NCAA tournament win. Um, and there was a lot of expectations for them coming into this season, despite losing Grant Basile and Tanner Holden. They've lived up to those expectations, and then sometimes they look like they're not themselves. I mean, they've been an up-and-down team, but to be fair, you look at the Horizon League standings right now, I don't think Wright State's much different from anyone in this conference right now. No, I think you're right. Uh, you look at it right now, everything is bunched up. And this is the final weekend where everybody has seen each other once. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens happens the second go round, you know, as all the teams play each other once again. Uh, you know, for the Raiders, uh, I think they've had to adjust. Obviously, you mentioned uh, with the losses of uh, Tanner Holden and Grant Vasily, you know, it really hurt this team. I mean, it's a, it's a program that's built upon structure. like, And it was a surprise, I think, to the coaching staff, to all the coaches with this team, the up and down, the reason why is defense. 
And I think you mentioned over the weekend in Wisconsin, they were able to take that trip only for the second time in program history. The last time it happened was 2013. And the reason why, I think they've uh, ratcheted up intently on the defensive end. They just have to be more consistent defensively because offensively, they're very confident that they can score. They're the second highest scoring team in the conference. Yeah, and, and again, you know, coming into the season, well, let me ask you this, Chris, because, you know, they had that, you know, we didn't know what to expect coming in. The Coach Nagy teams, you never doubt as far as even when they go through little, uh, you know, droughts, you know, they're still going to come out looking solid on the other end. But, you know, they, they had that very close game against Davidson to tip off the season, double overtime loss at home against an A-10 program. Then they rebound by going on the road and getting a big win against Louisville. I know Louisville's down this year, but Horizon League schools don't beat the means of a, of a Louisville very often, uh, good or bad. You know, and then they, they took that momentum into, of course, uh, the, the Vegas Four, and, and they took two of three there, and they just looked to be clicking. Yep. And then all of a sudden they came back, they dropped a couple of conference games, and then they lost at Western Kentucky and at Akron. They, you know, and what happened from the – when they got back from Vegas, what was it that kind of led to that slide, in your opinion? They've obviously rebounded since then, but we've seen them kind of go on some of these droughts. What led to that one after the hot start to the season? You know, that's a good question. You know, and I think you can only ask the players what the answer is to that. Um, you know, what I've been getting from, uh, you know, coaches is the fact that, you know, they were not consistent defensively. You know, they came out in that opening games against Robert Morris and Youngstown State. Let's face it, Youngstown State right now is the best team in the league. When you look at the numbers and you look at the number of people they have on their team and how deep they are. Uh, but the Robert Morris loss by 21 points in the opener was quite an eye-opener. You know, and it just seemed to go downhill because then after that, they're back on the road again at Akron and also Western Kentucky. But I think things started to turn around for them. The game at Miami, they won 88 to 80 and have been a lot more consistent since then. I think I, I, I wish I had a reason or an explanation, you know, why there was that swoon in early December, but don't know what it is. But all they can do now is forget about it and move on. So in the offseason, of course, Wright State loses Tanner Holden. They lose Grant Basile. I don't really want to talk about, you know, what that impact has had, those two being gone. I just want to talk about the guys that had to replace those minutes and that scoring load. Obviously, Amari Davis was a huge get, uh, a local kid, a local prospect that, you know, was being looked at by Wright State years ago. He ultimately went to the Horizon League with Green Bay transferred to uh, to Missouri and then of course when that coaching op- or that coaching change led to him coming to Wright State of course back where I think he belonged I was a huge fan of Amari Davis in high school but he's come in and he's made a solid impact for this team and then of course it's taken quite a few bigs for the for coach Nagy and the staff to get to replace the production uh, of of course uh, Grant Basile but talk about some of the new faces that had to come in and fill some of these important roles because look in today's day and age you will at any point some of your top players could be poached at this level of course so you always have to be prepared for that but I think the staff did a very good job of responding to that and not sitting in the sorrows of losing those two they did a great job of filling those holes talk about some of those players like Cicely and others Brandon Noel I know you're going to talk about him in a moment but man there's been some guys that have stepped up big especially as the season has gone on and like coach Nagy teams we've seen for years now the team that they are in November December January that's not the team that they are come March this is a team that consistently gets better and that's what we're seeing right now well you mentioned Brandon Nolan like you said we'll talk about him in just a minute but you know you can't forget about the uh, contributions from guys who have been here for a few years but didn't have the opportunity to play as much and uh, two of those are Alex Hubricks as well Mm -hmm. as Andrew Wellage you look at Wellage's 
sheet. I mean, he he has been tremendous this year. Alex Hubricks over the weekend at Wisconsin, yeah, he was playing in front of his home folks, and he had a different energy about him. Not only offensively, he's probably one of the best three-point shooters on this team, but he ratcheted it up defensively and uh, handled the ball extremely well against all the pressure that Milwaukee handled, uh, that handed out to the Raiders in that game. So, you know, don't forget about those guys. A.J. Braun, remember, he was a true freshman last year. He's still developing. He's had some up-and-down games this year, uh, but he's 6'9". I know, and he has to fill a lot of shoes with Grant Vasily gone. But it's been a total team effort, you know, from the uh, eight, nine guys who have been able to play this year. It's just a matter of putting things together and being more intense defensively. We have Chris Collins, longtime voice of the Wright State Raiders, with us on Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Uh, You know, Chris, as you're heading to the arena now, as we're talking, of course, um, you know, getting stuff ready for the pregame in tonight's broadcast, Wright State has a humongous game coming up here uh, in just a little bit later tonight against, uh, you know, Purdue-Fort Wayne. Purdue-Fort Wayne, like Wright State, 4-4 and in the conference. Look, records right now don't mean a whole heck of a lot unless you've actually buried yourself. And I don't think anyone's buried themselves yet that had expectations coming in. But this is kind of a big one for both teams. You don't want to yeah. fall under 500, you know, um, in conference play, especially as we're past that midpoint mark, uh, point in January now. This is a humongous game, and it seems like it would have been big no matter what, but it seems even bigger right now because these are two teams that we thought would be competing for the one or two spot at the top of the conference. Now they're just trying to compete to stay in the top half of the conference. A big one tonight at the Nutter Center, of course. We're excited for it, but talk about this matchup uh, as you go prepare to talk to Coach Nagy. Well, uh, it's going to be very interesting. And you're right. Before the season, you look forward to it uh, because both of these teams with expectations. But, uh, you know, uh, I think, you know, for the Mastodons, I think there's the sense of urgency as well as the Raiders, which I outlined earlier. But from the Mastodon standpoint, they, they have a lot of grad, grad starters on this team. They have they have one of the most experienced teams in terms of NCAA Division One uh, players in the nation. So, you know, they know that they've got to do something this year. So, you know, with every game, there could be some added pressure. It's going to be interesting to see how they react tonight. And let's face it, the Raiders had to battle back. You know, they were two and four going to Wisconsin, you know, and, and you mentioned, you know, it's a tough trip go up there and sweep. And they came back and now they're 500 in the league. So they've got four straight games here at home. And uh, the mantra right now for this team is one game at a time. I know it's a cliche, but I think the coaches and the players are in agreement with that. They need to take it one game at a time and just see what happens because the Horizon League this year is the most balanced I've seen it in the 26 years now that I've been doing games. I mean, you look at teams one through nine, 10 and 11, well, they're getting better, but they can't compete with one through nine. Any night, anywhere, either team could win. You have got to be focused. You've got to be ready to play. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens between now and the end of February. Yeah, that's what I had in my notes actually was to ask you. You've been doing this for quite some time. I've been doing it for just about maybe five, six years, but you are right. The conference, I can't remember a time where it was this deep. I mean, we're used to by this point, you have teams one and two that you know are the top two favorites and then kind of three through five. If you catch them on a good night during the conference tournament, look out for them. Uh, But that's not the case right now. I mentioned teams one through seven right now, all within two games. And I, I didn't even realize that you brought up a great point after this weekend, everyone would have played everybody once 
Um, and that'll be a good time to kind of gauge, okay, 50% of the conference season is in the books. Now let's head to the back half and a lot of big games set up. You know, Wright State, you can't lose two to Robert Morris. That's what becomes a, a game that you wouldn't have circled at the beginning. Now becomes a, a you have to get that game. You can't be swept by any team if you want to finish in the top half of the league. But, yes, what do you attribute the the league, the depth in the league right now too? Because there's so much change in, in the college athletics landscape and, and conferences like the Horizon League are impacted so much when you talk about how NIL can lure the top players out of this conference yeah. to bigger schools the transfer portal makes it easier than ever now if a player that wasn't recruited well coming out of high school tastes a little just just a little success in the horizon league now they become eye candy for some of these bigger programs all of a sudden the horizon league you know is it that is it, is it i mean what what is leading to the success of the conference right now because it's as deep as what you mentioned it's as deep as it's been in a long long time well uh, you know i think there are a few reasons at least in my opinion and one of them has to do with who are two of those four teams that are at top of the conference right now? Cleveland State and Milwaukee. They had a coaching change. So when you prepare for teams the second time through, that's why I'm interested to see what happens. A lot of these teams didn't know what type of system that they were going to run. Not to mention uh, those teams also have been very successful in uh, transfers. A lot of grad transfers this year, as well as Youngstown State, adding some new players to their team also. So you look at the league, and some of these programs have done a good job with the transfer portal in bringing in the type of players that fit their program, you know, and uh, other teams are having to adjust. That's why I think it's going to be so exciting to see what happens after this weekend, not only this weekend, but also through the remainder of the season, just to see how teams adjust after seeing a team for the first time. Chris, a lot of big games this coming up weekend. I usually always tell when we have our guests on, hey, highlight two top matchups of the weekend that intrigue you most. And I, I usually say, don't include the game that your team's involved in, but I, we cannot ignore the fact that tonight's Purdue-Fort Wayne and Wright State matchup. I'm going to make a given exception to you. Purdue-Fort Wayne and, and Wright State has to be on that list of top two games of the weekend, I'm sure. Yeah, when you sent me uh, an email earlier this week asking me what games, I thought, you know what, this game is a big game, and we need to talk about it. Uh, the Mastodons, as I mentioned earlier, are an experienced team, but also they're one of the top three-point shooting teams in the country. Uh, they have a couple of players over 40% shooting from three, and they like to take the three. And you look at the Raiders, have not defended the three very well this year. However, if Wright State can get the ball inside and score, you know, it might be a different game. It's going to get down to rebounding and defense. I know you hear it all the time, but that's the way it's going to be. So, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a tough matchup. It's going to be interesting to see who wins out. Now, as far as another, are you talking about for the weekend or a matchup tonight, Justin? Uh, the weekend, just to include it tonight okay. and, you know, just through Sunday. I mean, a lot of big matchups this weekend. All right. The other one I want to talk about is on uh, this weekend is Milwaukee and Youngstown State. Uh, Milwaukee been a surprise this year. Youngstown State not. I think most people knew that they would be very competitive this year. Uh, Milwaukee throws a lot of different type defenses at you. Uh, you look at Youngstown State, they score a lot of points, but also they shoot the ball extremely well. I'd be very I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen in that game because it will be played in Milwaukee. And I think that's a big matchup this weekend. And it'll probably give us a good barometer on how things will go the remainder of the season as far as who's going to be at the top spot. Yeah, Chris, another matchup I highlighted, too, will be an opponent that Wright State has later on in the weekend. But I think that this Northern Kentucky and Cleveland State game is kind of a, a big one as well. I mean, because yeah. you look at the standings. There's Cleveland State, Milwaukee, Youngstown, and NKU, all six and two. 
you know, and we're still trying to figure out who's for real, who's not. And that's no disrespect to any teams. But, you know, if Cleveland State, who just keeps winning, by the way, if, you know, they move on for Dennis Gates, you know, takes the Missouri job, you think that, oh, they're going to be a rebuilding project. And here they are, six and two, 50 percent of the conference schedule in the books after this weekend. If they're sitting at seven and three or even eight and two after this weekend going up against Wright State and NKU, they have the most to gain this coming up weekend. Because Wright State can go one and one, and KU can go one and one, and we still believe in those teams kind of moving forward. Purdue, Fort Wayne, and other. Cleveland State's really trying to get everyone to believe that okay, they are for real. They have the respect of everyone right now, but are they for real? I think they have the most to gain this coming up weekend in a very tough stretch. Again, they have NKU and Wright State. I've said for years that when you look at the right uh, the Horizon League men's basketball slate, the toughest. You know, we always say for Wright State, the Milwaukee trip's the toughest. I think across the league, most coaches you talk to, that Wright State NKU weekend road trip probably has to be the toughest in all of conference play. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I agree with that. You know, and uh, uh, definitely the Cleveland State Northern Kentucky game is is a big matchup. You know, but I was looking ahead till Saturday. But you're right, Cleveland State has been a surprise. Uh, they are one of the top defensive teams in the league, and defense wins championships. And uh, they've they've done well with a portal, bringing in uh, a couple of new players who have made a big difference with that team. Uh, and their head coach, who you know, the type, he runs a system that's different from Coach Gates, but it's been very successful. So it'll be interesting to see how they do against Northern Kentucky, and then when they come into Wright State to play. Last thing, Chris, on the way out, you have teams like Detroit, teams like Oakland and others who are still trying to find their footing. You know how good Detroit is. I mean, my goodness. I mean, with Antoine Davis and obviously with no matter the ups and downs of Oakland, they're five and three in the conference right now. I mean, that's a team that's been able to kind of shake off their struggles throughout non-con play. I mean, you look at some of the teams that are kind of in the bottom half of the league right now. Which team is the most dangerous team that's really not getting a lot of attention? We're talking Milwaukee. We're talking Cleveland State, you know, Northern Kentucky, Purdue, Fort Wayne. Yeah. What's the, what are the teams that we're not talking about that probably we need to be the most concerned about? Because Youngstown State's right there at the top. They've solidified themselves. But is it is it Detroit? Is it uh, Oakland? I mean, Robert Morris has surprised some teams. I mean, they pummeled Wright State at the Nutter Center. What are what is a team on the way out, Chris? That you're like, oh, we're not. I don't. The league's not. We're not focusing a lot on those teams. But that's a team that could be dangerous uh, come it, March. Uh, hey, you already said it. It's Detroit Mercy. I mean, if they can get everybody healthy. Uh, again, they have experience in Antoine Davis, who, in my opinion, is going to be player of the year, no question about it. Uh, he's just a tremendous player offensively. Uh, that's a team that has some talent. When they came in here, you know, Wright State beat them, but they had to do it late. Uh, but I was very impressed. And they didn't play everybody. Their second leading scorer and leading rebounder didn't even play in that game. So that's a team that I would not take for granted on any night between now and the end of the season, and that's the Titans. All right. Sounds good. Chris Collins, longtime voice of the Wright State Raiders. Uh, we're catching up now as he's heading to, uh, of course, to Wright State uh, University for their practice, of course, as they're getting set for tonight's uh, big matchup with Purdue Fort Wayne. Chris, it's always great catching up. I love talking Wright State with you. And uh, I know this won't be the last time we talk. So good, uh, good stuff. Hope you're doing well. And we'll talk soon. All right, Justin, as always, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Reach the Horizon official podcast of the Horizon League.